You're listening to The Word of Hope, a radio ministry of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Our preacher is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller with today's Word of Hope. Who is greater, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? You may be seated. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear groom, Klaus, dear bride, Heidi, and dear bride of Christ, the church, made holy and pure without spot or blemish by the washing of the water and the word that your groom Jesus might present you to himself as a perfect bride. We've heard this morning some of the most astonishing and surprising and wonderful words ever spoken by our Lord Jesus. Here's the context. It is the night of His betrayal. Jesus had just instituted the New Testament in His blood, the Lord's Supper. And Jesus and His disciples are about to go out to the Garden of Gethsemane where He will pray and they will sleep until He is arrested. So sometime in this context, sometime after the supper, before the trip into the garden, the disciples begin to argue with one another, and they're having a political conversation. Who's the greatest? And Jesus interrupts this argument with a two-sentence parable. The parable of of the diner and of the waiter. These words... Who is greater, the one who reclines at the table or the one who serves? The picture that Jesus puts before us this morning is of a master of a household sitting at table being served by his servant. Now, we don't have too many servants around or butlers or things like this, but we do have restaurants, and that's probably the closest that we can get to this picture. I waited uh, tables at the seminary, and I, remember I would say this to people every night when they were anxious because their food was taking forever to get to them. I would apologize and say, I'm sorry that you're waiting on me. I'm supposed to be waiting on you. That's why I'm called the waiter. And this is the first thing that a waiter learns. The first minute they're on the job, the customer is always right. <laughs> this is the answer to the question that Jesus asks. Who's greater, the one who's reclining at the table or the one that comes to serve them? The one that is greater is the one who is reclining at the table. It's to them the servant comes. Here's what they want and gets it and brings it to them and checks to make sure everything's all right and clears away the dishes when they're done and makes sure that those sitting at the table are happy and have everything that they need. This much is clear. The one that reclines at the table is the greatest. But listen to what Jesus says. Listen to this. Who is greater? He who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table? And yet, I am among you as the one who serves. This is astonishing. Jesus is among us as the one who who serves. These words have echoed in the church for almost 
2,000 years, and they are as true today as they were when Jesus first spoke them. The one through whom the Father created the entire universe, and the one for whom the entire universe was created, the one in whom all things hold together, Jesus, who sits at the right hand of the Father, ruling and reigning unto eternity, this is the one who is among you as the one who serves. Now, dear saints, this turns everything on its head. And we think that we come to church to serve God, that we live our lives to serve Him. But Jesus, who above all things deserves our worship and praise, says that He came not to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. He, Jesus, is among you as this one who serves. And this, then, is what worship is. Being served by Jesus. Your Lord Jesus coming to you to give you the gifts of His cross, the things that He knows that you need most of all. His Word, His forgiveness, His body and blood with His promise, His His Spirit, His life that is eternal. For who is greater? The one who sits at the table or the one who serves? And yet we are gathered here to sit at the table and Jesus comes to serve. Astonishing. Remember how it was on this very same night that Jesus took off His robes and wrapped Himself with a towel and went around washing the disciples' feet and He came to Peter and Peter was ashamed. No, Lord. You shouldn't wash my feet. I should wash your feet. But Jesus says, unless I wash you, you have no part of me. So this Jesus serving us is what the gospel requires. It is what the gospel promises. It is what the gospel is because it is who your Jesus is. From his birth in the manger until his burial in the tomb and even beyond that, in his life, in his teaching, in his miracles, in his cross, in his ascension, in his sitting at the Father's right hand, all of this is for you, a service for you, a laying down of his life for his enemies now made friends, made friends by his forgiveness, all of it is for you. Now, it is good for all of us to have this clarity that when we come to the Lord's service, we come to be served the Lord's gifts by the Lord Himself. But this clarity is especially helpful for you two, Klaus and Heidi, to have this morning. Because you will soon stand here before the Lord's altar and pledge yourself to one another. You will speak a vow which is a rare thing, a rare privilege in this life, you will exchange rings. And it might seem to us and to you that this marriage is your work and your doing, but this is not why we come to church. We come here because Jesus is up to something. (laughs) Because Jesus is serving. And that is true for your marriage as it is for everything else. Your Lord Jesus says this about marriage. What God has joined together, let no man separate, so that it is God who is working, God who is joining you two up into one flesh, declaring you to be husband and wife and giving you to one another. Now, all of us are sinners who by thought, word, and deed have broken God's law and have deserved His wrath and His punishment. 
All of us have fallen short of the glory of God, and all of us then should be consumed by His holiness, consumed and destroyed by God's justice. But God so loved the world with an undeserved and lavish love that He sent forth His Son, Jesus, to take our place on the cross under His anger. And it is on the cross that the service of Jesus, the one who is here to serve, it is on the cross that this service is filled up. It is finished and it is begun. It is there on the cross that your salvation is accomplished. And it is from there, the fullness of His cross, that all of His service flows. It is on the cross that Jesus is forgiving your sins, that He is showing and winning for you the Father's love. And it is from the cross that every good gift of our Lord Jesus comes. St. Paul asks us this question. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? All things. Eternal life and temporal life. The angels, His kingdom, the Holy Spirit, the church, the scriptures, His promises, our daily bread, all things. And today, Klaus, your Jesus, who loves you, who died for you, who forgives your sins and gives you eternal life, has another gift to give to you. Heidi your wife. And today, Heidi, your Jesus, who loves you, who died for you, who forgives all your sins and gives you eternal life, has another gift to give to you. Klaus, your husband. And all of us gathered here, together with all the saints and angels in heaven, rejoice in this gift and this work of God. Now we know that the world hates and despises marriage, and the devil, who hates everything good, hates and despises marriage, and he fights against it. The Lord's gift of marriage has always, from the very beginning, been under assault, and the devil will bring to you and to all of us any number of temptations regarding marriage. He tempts us to think that marriage is a contract that can be broken. He tempts us to think that marriage is, a, is built on the foundation of love and affection. And when the affection wanes, the marriage can be ended. Or he tempts us to think that marriage is for our own happiness instead of an opportunity to serve. He tempts us to think that the definition of marriage can be changed in Congress or in the courts, or that marriage doesn't even matter. The devil tempts us with boredom in marriage, with contempt of marriage, and with every other thing he can think of to assault this, the great gift of your Jesus. But today, Jesus is here. The one who holds the field, the one who defeated the devil, the one who sends the demons flying. Jesus, the one who loves you, is here, and he is here in our midst, in your midst, as the one who serves, as the one who gives us gifts, 
as the one who loves with a boundless love and an endless mercy, Jesus is here, giving you to each other and giving him to us. God be praised that Jesus, who is our friend and our Lord, Jesus, who is our bridegroom, is here bringing us all to the wedding feast of the Lamb that has no end. Amen. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's Word of Hope. Hope Lutheran Church is located at 1345 Macon Street in Aurora, Colorado. Their weekly schedule is as follows. Sunday morning worship at 915, adult Bible class and youth Sunday school at 1045 a.m. On Tuesday mornings, there is a matin service at 830 a.m. with a Bible class to follow at 930 a.m. You can find out more about Hope Lutheran Church at www.hope-aurora.org. That's www.hope-aurora.org. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you in His grace.